Hey everyone, this is Lenny Stein from the Gut Academy, where we take out all the confusion and share with you the simple process to fermenting your food and helping you get your gut all gorgeous. And today we're speaking of garlic. Garlic is the king of the kitchen, plus it's a medicine kit. Garlic is antibacterial, antiviral, and has antifungal properties as well as boasting a whole other suite of health-boosting properties. But when you ferment your garlic, you add beneficial gut-loving probiotics, which in turn increases vitamin content as it enhances our digestion. No recipe is required. Just harvest or buy organic garlic. Cover your peeled garlic, your cloves in brine like a salty water. Make sure the bottle is airtight, oxygen free, something like the Italian Fido bottle or the French Le Parfait, they're your proper fermenting bottles. You don't want any floaters because garlic is light so it will want to rise to the surface. So you can use a glass weight, you can buy a special little dunker or you can even use a small jar with brine inside and that'll keep your garlic submerged. You can put like little toothpicks on the top, you just cross them over, or some little vines that you've got, like little grape vines, such as if you've got growing grapes in the yard, or some little basil bushes, like the little, little twigs, you can just cross those over. Just your little kebab bamboo sticks will work just as well. Just make sure, as I say, that it just keeps it submerged, because that's the story with fermentation. You know, we keep it all under the brine and all will be fine. Fermenting time depends on the size and the type of the garlic, and as with any fermentation, your room temperature. But here is a step-by-step -step process for you. First of all, harvest or purchase new season, young, organic garlic. Peel your garlic. How do you peel garlic? We love to peel our garlic by vigorously shaking the garlic inside two metal bowls. And within seconds, it will separate the clothes cleanly from the dried peel around them. You can soak your garlic just in some water and that will make the peels swell and they easily slide off. Or you can sweat it out with a paring knife and a little patience. That's way too much work, I find. So just use your two stainless steel bowls and shake your booty. Then the next step is you've got to cover with brine. Now have a look at the size of your bulbs. The big bulbs will require more salt, like a tablespoon of salt to one cup of clean water. The smaller to medium sized variety, one tablespoon of salt to four cups of clean water. And don't use any tap water, as you realize, because you know, it's got your chlorine and that in it, and that can stop any microbial activity from starting. And we need to have that fermentation for the fermentation process. So cover your peeled garlic cloves in your brine, your salty water, and as we say, make sure the bottle is airtight, no floaters, and the fermenting time depends on the size and type of garlic and room temperature. Submerge it, seal it tight, but, and do not disturb. Don't open them up. There's no need for burping. Place your bottle, or you can even do it in a crock if you've got a big harvest or a big quantity of garlic. Make sure it's out of your direct UV and sunlight. Just loosely cover if you're using a glass bottle with a dark tea towel, a cotton tea towel, or even a cotton tea cosy. The small garlic will be ready for taste testing in just four weeks, one month. 
but four months for those real big like elephant bulbs to fully ferment. But it is so worth the wait. The elephant garlic is actually not part of the garlic family. You know, that's a really big, beautiful garlic. It's uh, part of the onion family, but still tastes nice and does all the same antibacterial and antiviral properties. The taste will really mellow and the fermented garlic will be soft, but still with crunch. It's such a perfect partner for fermented nut or dairy cheese. The fermented garlic are perfect added to salads, dips, dressings, sauces, fresh salsas, marinades, even into a dipping oil and sprinkled on any number of creations. You can even dry it and ground it to a powder. Do dry it on the lowest temperature of your dehydrator or, your, or put it out in your solar dehydrator. It's satisfying and dramatic with any fermented dairy or nut product or as I said pulled into a paste. This one is great slathered on crisp toast or on a sprouted cracker or just on its own by the spoonful and it's exceptionally good for you. One of the beauties of fermented garlic is that brine. That once you've used all your, your cloves and you've got that leftover brine, it's just power packed with flavour because it's basically a garlic vinegar. And you use the brine in salad dressings and sauces or just on, to season your vegetables. You can even add it as a little kick to a Bloody Mary recipe. Experiment with other, other bulbs like your onions, your shallots and your leeks, leek rings. It works with them all. I just love fermented leek rings with, um, in a turmeric brine and you can put a few little peppercorns in there. Oh, it's just wonderful. It's just like a little pickled onion, but it has your lacto-fermentation benefits. And you can do like um like your onions, it's just your sliced onions again, and it's exactly the same. Uh, shallots you can actually do whole. And what I love to do is to get some little garlic chives and, and tie them into little bunches and push them all into the bowl, um, into the bottle. Make sure that they're totally submerged and covered in your brine. And oh, they're just just wonderful. Added like onto tops of. Uh, fried rice or on top of a salad, just so many uses that you can use for them. Because garlic is one of 700 species in that onion family. The two different types of garlic are soft neck and hard neck, sometimes referred to as stiff neck. That elephant garlic that I spoke of, the big one, that's commonly called Russian garlic. As I said, it's not a true garlic, but it's closely related to a leek. The elephant garlic may not be garlic, but it is a terrific plant to grow. We live in the tropics and it grows wonderful. It takes quite a few months to grow. It can take up to eight months to grow and four months to ferment. So it gives you a good lesson in patience. But the fermentation transforms it to the most heavenly taste. What kind of container to hold the fermentation mixture? It's best not to use any metal as the salt added to the mixture and acid created by fermentation will tend to cause corrosion. Traditionally, a heavy ceramic crock is used, but glass containers work just as well if you only got a small quantity. When possible, choose a container with a cylindrical shape or wide mouth so that it's easy to pack your garlic inside and also easy to insert a suitable plate and weight inside to keep the vegetable from floating to the top of the container. Glass jars made from high quality glass and designed to withstand pressure. The Fido and the Lepafe, as I mentioned, 
they have the wire bale jars and they're designed to release your gas through the edges of the rubber seal. With your glass containers, always avoid metal and silicon lids. Some of those mason jars, masons have brought out a proper fermenting jar, but the traditional ones with the metal lids, they're made for canning and they're not airtight. With canning, they must be sealed airtight by pressure. Lactic acid bacteria cannot develop properly in an aerobic environment. And those type of uh, jars that are made for canning, they'll always allow air in. So you're basically going to get acetic acid, especially at the top. You might get some lactic acid at the bottom and a little bit in the middle, but at the top you're going to create acetic acid, and that's vinegar. And vinegar taste, although we're saying that you can use the brine, you don't want to make vinegar vegetables. Some vinegars are nice to make, but not with your vegetable types like this. So your Fido-type bottles will keep the oxygen out, and that's the focus of vegetable fermentation. And they'll allow some of the CO2 to safely escape. All plastic containers should be avoided. There are specially designed fermenting crocks that create the oxygen-free airspace around the ferment. And they come with little stone weights, and they can be left alone for weeks. And all they require is that little moat under the lid to be refilled with water. Add a touch of vegetable glycerine to that water in that little moat because that'll stop the evaporation and it doesn't come in contact with the food. It is designed so the seal stays intact when the cover is on. The big bonus is they retain the aroma and it's one thing with garlic, it can pong out your house a bit. So it's really great. I always do mine in a crop but I have a big harvest. But sometimes when I run out during the year, I do just do little jars and what I do is I always make sure I put it under like a little saucer in case you do get any overflow. You won't get any overflow in a, in a crock, but you can get, if you haven't left enough space, it can bubble up and bowl over a little bit, but it's no problem. Just keep that little saucer underneath always clean. Don't ever open it up. You don't put it back in if it does bubble over. That's never and ever a drama. But um, I pop it into a nice little cupboard somewhere so that it doesn't sort of stink out the place. The big bonus is they retain their aroma in the, in, the, in the crocs and they do produce a load more of the belly-loving brine. Korean ongi clay crocs have a porous surface where the food breathes during the fermentation process. These crocs bring out the best flavours and nutrition. The container really just depends on the amount of produce you are fermenting. So just keep your bottles covered because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the same the same environment as what those ancestors made in those big clay crocs. So, and keep them at room temperature, away from direct sunlight and UV light, because any light coming in, again, you've got to make it look like it's, feel like that it's in that nice dark environment and the light will, it won't, it won't produce as many, as many vitamins. So what we want to do is we want to make it as tongue tasty and as healthy as possible. There is a recipe um, it's, a, it's a Japanese recipe and you actually it's honey pickled infused garlic. And it's garlic just soaked in honey for two months and it produces a sweet Japanese pickle and you can use it as an appetizer or a condiment rich in flavour. It doesn't actually produce any lacto-fermentation because but it's very tasty and like the Japanese they use it as a pickle just in little small quantities. And of course, you can still have like all your fermented, but the fermented brine garlic is your very best if you're doing it for uh, gut healing. 
because honey is very high in sugar and it's low in moisture. And in addition, despite containing around oh, about 17 to 18% water, the activity of water in honey is very low. And this means that the sugars interact with the water molecules. So they cannot be used by microorganisms and no fermentation or breakdown of honey can, of honey can occur. So that's why you don't get like lacto-fermented with any of these honey. They're an infusion. But they're very tasty. But just if you are doing, if you are doing like a gut healing program, you're best to keep the honey infusions to a minimum. So just separate your clove of garlic and remove the hard outer skin because um, it, it makes it too hard for the honey to infuse and it's not so tasty and it, it also can be a choking hazard. So the thin filamy skin, you trim that off the base and the base root and you can make the music again by placing the garlic cloves inside those two stainless steel bowls or you can soak it in the water for at least 20 minutes and that makes it easy for to remove that outer thin filamy skin. Just wash and dry them completely. Use a paper towel to pat dry the cloves. And in a small fermenting jar, like just a half a litre uh, feedo, pack the garlic cloves, pour the honey, use a nice raw honey, nice local honey if you don't have your own bees. And, and just make sure that the cloves are totally covered with the honey. And wait till the honey reaches the bottom of the jar before adding additional honey to cover the garlic cloves completely. Gently give your jar a shake. If the surface of the honey subsides, add more honey to cover and cover with the lid and let it stand in a dark, cool place. The honey does make a great digestive. You can use it as an after-dinner drink. You can thin it with hot or with cool water. Honey is often used in Japanese cooking because this is where we got this idea from, an alternative medicine for mouth ulcers and sore throats. You can add your garlic honey to a sliced daikon radish and it, to make a juice and put it through your juicer. You can dissolve a spoonful of the garlic honey in hot water with some apple cider vinegar and consume for colds and sore throats. You can mince a honey-infused garlic clove and swallow it with the raw honey. The honey can be used like as a cold remedy just by taking several spoonfuls thinned with hot water before going to bed. You can make a lovely a combination of your finely chopped parsley and your honey garlic and toss with pan-fried potatoes. That's great to accompany grilled meats or eggplant steaks. You can stuff a chicken with a few rosemary sprigs, some preserved lemon or lime and a handful of the honey garlic cloves. Roast and squeeze the lemon over the chicken before serving. You can toss them into sauces and marinades or add to a cheese platter. If you were to start with a raw sauerkraut and fermented garlic cracker, top with some nutty kefir cheese, add some preserved lemon, and then add some honey garlic into a chutney, you'll be in raw fermented culinary heaven. Both taste divine and when fermented, they're not strong. They don't repeat on you like eating fresh garlic. So do not be alarmed, though, if your garlic transforms to a blue or a green. It is the bomb, the Japanese pickle, and you can make made by pickling garlic cloves in a miso mixture. A quick version is just to immerse your peeled garlic clover into miso in a phyto-type jar. And once again, you don't want your, the cloves to touch. You mix your garlic-infused miso paste with avocado, and that's the best Aussie Vegemite for might and spread it on toast. When we were talking about how the garlic can go blue and green, 
Science tells us that some amino acids may react with sulfur, causing blue or green discoloration. In my opinion, it has a lot to do with age. Because I know when, the only time that I, my homegrown garlic has never, ever gone blue or green. And I do those fresh. But I have bought organic garlic from an organic store and they did go a lovely coloured green. It's like a blue-green jewels. And they were little purple organic garlic purchased from the local organic stores. So they probably were stored there for a while. Of course, you don't know how long you know, they've come from and when they've been sitting there. May you be abundantly fermented and transformed into rich, nourished and beautiful wonders. From my heart to yours, blessings, Linny.